Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And I know that in life there's things to deal with, but the Lord didn't intend for you to be overcome, but for you to overcome them. It takes faith to do that. It's... Uh, Easy many times to just despair, give up, quit. But if you do that, you know what's going to happen. You're going to lose. But the victory that overcomes the world, the scripture said, is our faith. And if you can just remind yourself that there is something bigger than your problem, and it's your God. And if you'll look to Him, and look to him what to say about it, what to do about it, how to respond. There is a way out. There's a way through. There's a way over. There is victory to the person of faith. So get your Bible. Come on into the classroom. And let's, uh, let's learn about being that person of faith, that overcomer. Father, we thank you so much that you're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never let us down, and you never will. And we purposed, uh, we're not leaving you either. So we're uh, in this for the duration, in this life and past this life. We ask you for the anointing that teaches and guides into the truth. And give us answers today, we ask, and show us exactly what to what to do with every situation that's before us. And we say, Lord, let everything be done in such a way that you'd be the most seen and exalted and glorified because you are worthy, worthy to receive all the glory and praise. And we do praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would look in the scriptures at Matthew 12 today, we've been continuing in our study that we're calling faith for healing, faith for healing. And we're studying the individual accounts uh, of people healed in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, we know from the scriptures that there were scores of thousands of people healed in the years that he ministered, but only about 20 are, are we given any detail of who they were, what was wrong with them, and how they received. And so we're studying these one by one, and we've made our way down to the fifth one here, the healing of the man with the withered hand. This is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we've been reading Luke, we've been reading Mark. For time's sake, we're going to start in Matthew today, uh, Matthew 12 and 1. The scripture said, uh, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were in hungered. He began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. 
And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hungered and they that were with him? That was what they were doing. They were hungry and they were coming through the field and it was apparently ripe with grain. And that's what David did. He was hungry and ate the, the showbread. And so already we're seeing that the Lord was more interested in their need being met than an observance of a rule. <laughs> the spirit of it. And that really, when you understand it fully, they didn't break the Sabbath. And Jesus didn't either. These people were just uh, being legalistic and knew so little about the law and the word. And it really wasn't about the word because when he gave them these additional scriptures, if the word was the main thing to them, then they would have jumped on those and they would have started talking about it and thinking about it. That wasn't the main thing to them. Their main thing was their position of control and them being right. And they were, we know they were envious of Jesus. Uh, that's not my thought. It, you find it multiple times in the scripture. Uh, one place said that's why they delivered him up to Pilate was because of envy. He had big crowds. <laughs> they never had crowds of, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people like he did. And, and they, they didn't have miracles like he did. And the common people loved Jesus and they heard him gladly. Why? Because he didn't condemn them. He helped them out. And, um, and so there was this big envy thing. They're supposed to be the religious leaders. They're supposed to be the spiritual guides. And Jesus is even calling them hypocrites. So there's hatred between them and him. It wound up and they wanted to kill him and Eventually, that's what happened, although it wasn't at their hand. The Lord allowed it to be our sacrifice. And verse 5, have you not read in the law? On the Sabbath days, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath. They're working on the Sabbath, and yet they're blameless. He said, in this place is one greater than the temple. If you had known this meaning, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guilty. You know, he, he said in other places, for instance, they were uh, talking about how legalistic they were to tithe and other things. And he said, well, you've done that, but you've missed the bigger things of love and, and mercy. Uh, you know, yes, some of these things are right, but people just jump on them and make rules out of them and are technical and they miss the spirit of it, that God's big thing is people cares about people, <laughs> loves people, wants to help people. And if your religious rules are hindering people from being helped, then you have left God somewhere. You're not, you're not hooked with him. He goes on to say, he, he entered into their synagogue, verse 9, and there was a man which had his hand withered. They asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? They're, they're trying to say that it couldn't be God's will for this man to be healed today. And even though the enemy will try to use different trappings, it all comes back to the same thing that for some reason it's not God's will for you to be healed, for you to be set free, for your needs to be met. 
and some kind of religious twist that, you know, God's mysterious ways, He's teaching you something through this pain and through this lack. Lies. Y'all with me, class? These are subtle religious lies that have replaced the Word of God in the minds of millions of church-going people. And the Lord said, uh, is it lawful? Uh, you know, the, the other writings, is, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day? Or to do bad, to save life or to kill? And what you'll see is um, the implication is if you could save a life, but you don't, that's evil, right? If you could do good, but you choose not to, that's bad. Now, you got to realize we're not just talking about man, we're talking about God. <laughs> and is God, you know, I'll just say, is God a hypocrite? I mean, you don't even like hearing that, that question. Why would I say that? Does he hold you to a standard of good that he himself does not com conform with? Hmm? Now we know the, the answer to that, and yet millions of people are saying that he doesn't operate by the same things he requires of us. You'll see, let, let's look at it further. Um, he said to them, he gave them an example. And like we said, you'll see this example multiple other times in other healings. He keeps bringing it up, this example of an animal. He said, well, what man shall there be among you if he have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. He's trying to help them to see, quit being so legalistic and so hard-hearted and uncaring about people and their needs. It's even though it's work to get the sheep out of the ditch, you're going to get muddy, right? You're liable to sweat. Yet, somebody said, well, you worked on the Sabbath. Um, I didn't go to work on the Sabbath. The animal was in distress. Come on, can you see that? I didn't schedule a work day on the Sabbath. But on the Sabbath... There's a need. So it is right for me to do some work to get this animal out of distress and I'm not breaking the Sabbath because Sabbath was made for the man, <laughs> right? To rest. Somebody said, well, you should be resting. Yeah, but how well are you going to rest at home knowing your sheep is suffering in the ditch, Right? Your sheep's not resting. Somebody says, well, that doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters according to the Word of God. And you can see how perfect uh, Jesus bringing this up is when you're reminded of what the law said. Because they want to talk about the law. And listen to this in the law, Exodus 23. Exodus 23 and 4. This is what God gave through Moses, 
establishing the covenant. He said, Exodus 23, 4, if you meet your enemy's ox or his ass, his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of him that hates you laying under his burden and you would forbear to help him, you will surely help with him. You see a donkey and they would, donkeys were the pickups <laughs> of their day. They hauled stuff still in parts of the world. It's, uh, donkeys can go where pickups can't go. And so they would load them. They'd load them with different stuff. And so he says, if you see uh, a donkey that has somehow maybe got his uh, hoof in a hole or something and, and fell and now he's under the load and he can't get up under it. And you notice that's old Mean Jack's donkey, <laughs> the guy that hates me. He said, don't you think about not helping him. You help that donkey out. Now, this is the almighty creator of solar systems. Come on, can you see this? Creator of the heavens and the earth. And he's giving his covenant people, showing them what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's not good. And he didn't have to mention donkeys, right? Certainly didn't have to have it written permanently in the law of God, and yet he did. I said he did. Can you see how perfect it is that Jesus brings this up to these experts in the law, right? He brings up to them helping an animal in distress on the Sabbath. If they really knew the law, what should be coming to them? Exodus 23, 4 and 5, Deuteronomy 23, 1 through 4, right? It should, if they really knew the law, they should think, that's right. That's what the word says. Listen to Deuteronomy 22, uh, 1 and 4. It said, if you see your brother's ox or his sheep go astray, you don't hide yourself from them. You will in any case bring them again to your brother. Verse 4, if you see your brother's ass or his ox fall by the way and hide yourself from them, you shall surely help him to lift them up again. And you remember that on the Sabbath day, he told them that not only were they to rest, but also their animals. You remember that? We, we read that from Exodus and Deuteronomy on the seventh day. He said, you don't do any work, not you, not your children, not the strangers in your house. He also said, not your ox, not your donkey, not any of your cattle. So the Sabbath was also for the rest of the animals. Can you see, is Jesus answering their questions right and left and top and bottom if they cared about the word? These things should come flooding to them. They supposedly have spent their whole life learning the law. Deuteronomy is the law. Exodus, right? Exodus and Deuteronomy. And if they had halfway looked at this and read this, they'd know that's there. All this is being discussed in context of what? A man with a hand problem. <laughs> What's all that got to do with this? Because it should be so simple for us. 
Is it God's will for the man's hand to be healed? Is it God's will for a thirsty animal to get water? Hmm? Is it God's will for a sheep in a ditch to get out of the ditch? Right? Now, you know the answer to that. You don't even have to think about that. Then that's how quick every believer should answer, is it God's will to heal? Of course. Of course. Yes. And anything that tries to pull you off and say, yeah, but, but what about and what if, is the same religious spirits that were trying to find fault with healing on the Sabbath day. Come on, can you see that? It's the same, even though there may be different details, it's the same stuff. Are y'all okay? Uh, go with me, if you would, to Proverbs, the 12th chapter. And there, there's more in the scripture about this. And it reveals the nature and character of God, and it reveals the will of God. Jesus said, you hypocrite. Won't each one of you, he's talking about each one of you Pharisees, each one of you doctors of the law, you will without hesitation pull your sheep out of the ditch on the Sabbath. You will water your donkey on the Sabbath day. You will do it and won't even think about it. And what he's trying to show them is the glaring disconnect of not wanting a man healed on the Sabbath day when you don't even hesitate to help an animal. In uh, Proverbs 12, and 10. Proverbs 12:10 says, "A righteous man regards the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Even when the wicked are supposedly trying to say they're being merciful, it winds up being cruel. Why? Because that's the nature of the devil. He's cruel. No matter how he starts out, it's going to wind up cruel. But God is merciful and he's kind. He's not just kind part of the time under some circumstances. He's kind all the time. He's kind to everybody. He's even kind to animals. Right? Large and small. He's kind and he's good. And if a man or woman is godly and righteous, so they will be too. They'll regard the life of their beast. The New Living says, the godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. Listen to the Holman translation. The Holman says it like this, a righteous man cares about his animal's health. Can you see how perfect it is that the Lord brings this up? See, he, he really does know the word. <laughs> right? And he's trying to help them because they want to bring up the word to him. And he has given them, just in the three or four things he's brought up, he's given them many scriptures that all agree and all reveal the, the spirit of God. He, he said, learn what this scripture means. I'll have kindness, not sacrifice. And here they are so fixated on them being right and them proving their religious point, they, they're not even touched by the fact that if they get their way, this man won't get healed today. They don't care about that. And that's what made Jesus mad. That's what angered him and grieved him. 
The scripture said uh, in Deuteronomy 25, 4, Deuteronomy 25, 4, it says, don't muzzle an ox when it's treading out the grain. That's part of the law. What do you mean? He said, your ox is helping you get the crop in. So let him eat. <laughs> you mean while he's getting the crop in? Yes. Let the ox eat. God cares about that? Apparently he does. Right? Proverbs 27, 23. 27, 23 Proverbs in the NIV. He says, be sure you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. That's the word of the Lord. Anybody that's cruel to animals, this is an indication they're not even saved. Are y'all listening to me? It's, it's, it's indicating Otherwise, it'd bother your heart. I said it would bother your heart. Now, we know there's a lot of violence in nature. You know, animals killing each other. That's not how God originally created it. Have you read in the book of Isaiah, there's coming a time when the lion will lie down with the lamb instead of eat the lamb. <laughs> the lion, you might say, well, that. That's crazy. That'll, that'll never happen. You watch it, it'll happen. The Bible said it'll come to pass. Why? Because the lion is going to become a vegetarian. He's going to eat grass like the ox. Scripture said. Why? That's how it was originally created. This uh, violence uh, came into the world as a result of sin and the fall and death. You hear people trying to say, well, God made them that way. He didn't make them that way any more than he made human beings cruel and mean and violent. He didn't. It's the result of sin and death and the fall. We can't control all of that. And some of that's not going to be fixed until this earth passes away and new heavens and new earth God gives us. But you and I don't have to be a part of this cruelty. You and I don't have to be a part of this violence. We've had the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And it is to dominate us and govern us and control us. And no matter how much violence and cruelty is around us, a big part of our witness is for people to see out of us kindness. Do you agree? Yes. Kindness. Did they see it out of Jesus? Yes. You know, in this saying, go back to uh, uh, Matthew 12 here and see what, what this flows into. Uh, when he called the man out and told him to stretch forth his hand and, and it was healed. And uh, the Pharisees were incensed about it. Verse 15 when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence. And guess what happened after that? Great multitudes followed him. And then he healed them all. Now, a multitude could be a thousand people or more. Uh, multitudes is multiple groups of the great multitudes. You're talking tens of thousands. And how many got healed out there? How many got healed? How many? He healed them all. Now, keep reading. And charged them that they should not make him known. 
that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit on him, and he'll show judgment to the Gentiles. He'll not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets." A bruised reed, you know, when they came to take him, he brought that up. He said he hadn't been causing turmoil or problems, right, in the street. Um, He said, a bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment to victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. How does that tie in with this previous part? Let me read this again. A bruised reed he won't break, and a smoking flax he won't quench. What is, what is a smoking flax? Well, it's barely a flame, but he won't quench it. He'll fan it back to, to flame. A bruised reed is a reed that's been bent over. He won't break it. Can you see, the Hebrews talks about that, uh, the feeble knees, uh, don't let them be turned out of the way. Let them be healed. Let the lame be healed. The Lord doesn't look at the bruised and go, you can't be fixed, let's just do away with you. He doesn't look at somebody whose fire's about out and go, uh, you're already too far gone anyway. He is kind. Come on, can you see it? He's kind. He doesn't look at a sick animal and go, that's not worth my time or attention. And if he cares about animals, what did he say? How much better is a man, human being, than a sheep? Hallelujah. If it's right to help a donkey who's fallen. And it is. You You don't have to pray about that. If it's right to help get a sheep out of a ditch who's stuck, hmm? how foolish would it be to kneel by the ditch side and go, oh God, is it your will for me to pull this sheep out? I don't want to miss you. If you put this sheep here to teach him something, I don't want to get in the way of what you're doing. That's ignorance. That's not knowing how kind God is. Hmm? God is not cruel. If he tells us not to be cruel, and included in that is helping even animals that need help, are we going to say that God is aloof and distant and not even touched and don't care when people are hurting and it may not be his will? Then we're saying he operates differently than what he expects of us. No, he's a good father. I said he's a good father. He's the best father who's ever been. And he said, if you, being evil and natural, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more shall he give good things to them that ask him? It is his will for you to be delivered from your distress. It is his will for you to be healed of every issue. Healed, whole, restored, made strong. Somebody say, it is his will. It is is his will. Stop questioning it and embrace it. Hallelujah. And our time is up today. Can you see we're not done with this? You need to come back tomorrow. We've got to finish this up. But can you already decide God is a good God? We'll see you tomorrow here in Faith School. I've got the victory.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.